Shalom, this is Rabbi Ben Newman, and this is the Neshama Project Podcast, Episode 5. Today I'm going to be delving a little bit more into some teaching about Passover, the upcoming holiday. I want to talk a little bit about Passover in regard to pain and suffering and the awareness of pain and suffering in our lives. And I want to start by talking about a teaching from Rabbi Nachman of Bratzlav that comes from one of Rabbi Nachman's stories. It's actually a very short story parable uh, in his collection of stories called Sipurei Ma'asiyot. And it's called The Bitter Herb. Once, a Jew and his non-Jewish German friend were traveling as hobos together. The Jew told the German to make believe that he was a Jew, since their language was similar, and the Jews would have pity on him. Since Passover was approaching, he told him how to act when he is invited to a Seder. He told him that at every Seder, Kiddush is made and the hands are washed. However, he forgot to tell him about the Marol, the bitter herb. He was invited to a house and, being very hungry from all day, looked forward to the fine food that had been described by the Jewish friend. However, first they gave him a piece of celery dipped in salt water and other things served at the Seder. Then they began to recite the Haggadah and he sat there longing for the meal. When the matzah was served, he was very happy. Then they gave him a piece of horseradish, maor, for the bitter herb. It was bitter to a taste, and he thought that this was the entire meal. He ran from the house, bitter and hungry, saying to himself, Cursed Jews, after all that ceremony, that's all they serve to eat. He went to the synagogue and fell asleep. After a while, the Jew arrived, happy and full from a good meal. How was your Seder? he asked. The other told him what had happened. Stupid German, replied the Jew, if you had waited just a little longer, you would have had a fine meal as I had. The same is true when one wants to come close to the divine. After all the effort to begin, one is given a little bitterness. This bitterness is needed to cleanse and refine the physical dimension of a person. But the person might think that this bitterness is all there is to divine service, so they run away from it. But if they wait a short while and allow their physical dimension to be refined, then they would feel every joy and delight in the world in coming closer to the divine. So why do I bring forward this story? Because to me, this is a very deep teaching about spiritual practice. Some people might think that when you daven, when you pray, or when you meditate, or when you do any sort of spiritual practice, that you're immediately supposed to feel good, that you're immediately supposed to feel joy and happiness, and that you're supposed to no longer feel suffering or negativity or pain, or that if you do feel suffering or negativity or pain, that you're supposed to push it away or let it go somehow, or that somehow doing the spiritual practice will miraculously give you the opportunity to 
let go of all of that painful stuff. But the truth is, it's actually the opposite. The truth is, when you engage in true spiritual practice that's not spiritual bypassing, you actually have to experience fully the pain that's there. You have to let whatever is there, whether that's painful, suffering, grief from past hurts, physical suffering, pain in your body, you have to let that emerge and you have to be with it as it is. And it might be painful. And it's at first, you might have an extraordinary amount of pain uh, arise when you're engaging in spiritual practice. But the hope is that if you're present for the full catastrophe of living, as Zorba the Greek coins the phrase, and John Kabat-Zinn picks up on it later in his book, Full Catastrophe Living, then we'll also be able to be present for the joys and for the good stuff. And we'll be able to really fully feel everything, the full catastrophe, the bad and the good, the painful, pleasurable and the hope is that the painful elements of life will be put into perspective it's a great quote from Norman Fisher who is a Zen Buddhist teacher Jewish by birth he says the following this doesn't work by thought and will it doesn't disregard thought and will But thought and will are not the engine that makes this go. The engine that makes this go is taking a step back and trusting the body, trusting the breath, trusting the heart. We're living our lives madly, trying to hold on to everything. And it looks like it might work for a while, but in the end it always fails and it never was working. And the way to be happy, the way to be loving, the way to be free is to really be willing to let go of everything on every occasion, or at least to make that effort. So the practice really works with sitting down, returning awareness to the body, returning awareness to the breath. It usually involves sitting up straight and opening up the body and lifting the body so that the breath can be unrestrained, and then returning the mind to the present moment of being alive, which is anchored in the breath in the body. Then, of course, other things happen. You have thoughts, you have feelings, you might have a pain, an ache, visions, memories, reflections. All these things arise, but instead of applying yourself to them and getting entangled in them, you just bear witness to it, let it go, come back to the breathing and the body. And what happens is, you release a whole lot of stuff in yourself. A whole new process comes into being that would not have been there if you were always fixing and choosing and doing and making. This way, you're allowing something to take place within your heart. So this is all to say that we have to eat the matzah before we can take part in eating the other food.
we have to take in the taste of that bitterness. We have to eat the matzah, we have to eat the marur, and get down to the essence of who we are. There's a teacher that says that the matzah is the etzem of a person, the essence. And the chametz, the leavened bread, is all of that excess stuff that we don't need. But in order to get down to your etzem, to your essence, you have to realize that there's a lot of pain in there. And you can't push it away. But you shouldn't grasp onto it either. So to be present for life is to be present with whatever is there and whatever is your essence and not to consume in order to avoid what's there in the present moment to modulate our feelings. And often a lot of that chametz, that leavened stuff that we take into our lives, that excess stuff, is really there to distract us from that essence when the essence might be painful. There's a great teaching from Zen master Thich Nhat Hanh of blessed memory who just died a few weeks ago called the five mindfulness trainings. And the fifth of his five mindfulness trainings is called Nourishment and Healing. And it says the following. Aware of the suffering caused by unmindful consumption, I am committed to cultivating good health, both physical and mental, for myself, my family, and my society, by practicing mindful eating, drinking, and consuming. I will practice looking deeply into how I consume the four kinds of nutrients, namely edible foods, sense impressions, volition, and consciousness. I am determined not to gamble or to use alcohol, drugs, or any other products which contain toxins, such as certain websites, electronic games, TV programs, films, magazines, books, and conversations. I will practice coming back to the present moment to be in touch with the refreshing, healing, and nourishing elements in me and around me, not letting regrets and sorrow drag me back into the past, nor letting anxieties, fear, or craving pull me out of the present moment. And this is the key. That's me speaking. I am determined not to try to cover up loneliness anxiety, or other suffering by losing myself in consumption. I will contemplate interbeing and consume in a way that preserves peace, joy, and well-being in my body and consciousness, and in the collective body and consciousness of my family, my society, and the earth. So this presents a path to happiness and healing that doesn't ignore grief, anxiety, sorrow, physical pain, maror, the bitter herbs of life, but allows us to experience those things 
and know that they're impermanent and that they will pass. Just like the in-breath and the out-breath. So we don't grasp onto them, we don't push them away. Just as we don't grasp onto or push away the joys and the happy moments. Because that's another kind of suffering, grasping on to joy and happy moments. Because when those joy and happy moments dissipate, and they will because they're impermanent too, we again will be filled with pain. This is what the Buddhists call the suffering of change. We suffer when there's painful things. That's what they call the suffering of suffering. But we also suffer when the things that bring us joy and happiness end. And how do we resolve that? Through not grasping, through continuing to let go and let pass and fully experience whatever it is that is present for us in this moment. and to be present for the full catastrophe, for whatever is there in our lives. So this Passover season, as we move closer and closer to our freedom from Mitzrayim, from those narrow places in our lives, those places that hold us back and enslave us, may we always remember to be present to be present for everything that is, and to know that everything that is, is impermanent. And to fully experience the joy when the joy is there. And to fully be present and hold our sorrow when our sorrow is there. I hope everybody has a good week. I will speak to you again, hopefully next week. With the help of the divine, take care. This has been the Nishama Project Podcast, Episode 5.